Hi, I'm Javier Grigio, Mark's Watch, creator of The Middleman, and you're listening to We Be Geeks. USB microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Do not attempt to adjust your device. This is Extreme Freedom Audio Bulletin. It cannot be traced, it cannot be stopped, and it is the only free voice left in the geek revolution. And welcome to another episode of Weeby Geeks. Uh, I almost feel like we need to do the countdown since we're so close. This is episode 198. That's right. 198. We're, we're just that close. See more to the big one. 200 right around the corner. Yep. yep. Uh, so it's Brett, Derek, and myself, Mike, this week. Uh, Jules is, I think we're on Baby Watch with her. Baby Watch. Please. <laughs> um, but we are joined by someone else, and I'm going to turn it over to Derek for this. All right. Well, from the podcast Comics Reading Comics, which I have become quite a fan of, we have Matt Tate. How you doing? Hey, today? everybody. Hey, hey great. Thanks on? for having me on the show. So for, for those, coming on. So for those who don't know, what is Comics Reading Comics? Um, comics Reading Comics is a podcast where improv actors and comedians literally read a comic book and make fun of it. It's Mystery Science Theater for comic books. So it's not, we don't talk about the minutia of comic books. We don't, talk about, we don't talk about creators or um, minutia. We literally just pick a comic book, get some comics together, and read it and make fun of it. So essentially doing and radio dramas. Um, uh, somewhat. We do the voices and all that, but, but we interrupt and riff on the comic book as well. So it's not okay. just straight. And we go on tangents, so somebody else says something, and they'll send us on a five-minute tangent that has nothing to do with the comic book. And then my job as the host is to bring us back to the comic book and go, oh, yeah, okay, okay let's get back and read the stupid comic book. And then we- <laughs> <laughs> which, which sometimes sounds uh, a little hard to do. It is, but yeah, it's like, it's just, otherwise the shows would be five hours long. <laughs> but you can find us at www.comicsreadingcomics.com. We'd love for your uh, fans to check it out. Yeah. I can uh, I can tell you it's definitely a, a very entertaining show. I really enjoy it. So um, you've done some, some good comics and some not-so-great comics. Yes. So uh, how do you choose the comics you're going to do? Oh. That's a tough question. So we started off, and I the original concept of the show it was going to be called Comic Books for Blind People, because I always felt sad that blind people can't enjoy comic books. So I was like, you know what? Let's have a podcast where we literally read comic books for blind people. So we started reading Daredevil comics, and the show quickly transformed uh, yeah. to something other than a nice thing to do for blind people. And it turned out comedians unlike, in the room. Unlike Matt Murdock, I see what you did there. Yeah. <laughs> but then we, um, and then so now we get away from the Marvel stuff. We have a deal with an app called Comic Blitz. Uh, and Comic Blitz um, is um, is a comic reading app and they give us some stuff. So we read stuff off their app and I try to choose stuff. So I'm reading mostly Valiant stuff now because Valiant is more enjoyable to read. We pick some random other comics on there just to break it up. I believe, haven't Mike, haven't we had uh, the creator of Comic Blitz on the show? We have. Yes, I thought so. So They're good Peaks. Yeah, they yeah. are. So, um, how did you end up choosing uh, Hero Cats, which you did a couple of shows on recently? Well, uh, when my friend Manders was going to come on the show, and she's a cat lady. So, uh-huh. I saw Hero Cats a while back, and I was like, I really want to get Manders on the show to read Hero Cats. Um, do you guys happen to know the guys from Hero Cats at all? No. That's a terrible comic book. That's why I asked. I didn't, I didn't know if you were one of the creators. It you know, sounded like, like it, yeah. It was like, it is a, t- like, it was a fun, bad, like, like a good good fuck bad is something that's really crazy and wacky and it's really but it was boring bad it was basically a cat um hanging out with an old lady the entire issue is i can't believe anybody <laughs> want to read a yeah, comic book about you guys have literally written, it was literally written for old cat ladies like who want to read a comic book about a cat hanging out with old ladies it just it sounded so bad Almost, almost sounds like oh, I can't think of the book right offhand. Uh, was that Bone? Not Bone. Yeah, I never oh, checked bone. out Bone. I see Bone. I, I white Boo, no, yeah. not Bone. Boof and the Bruce Crew. Oof. I don't know that one. I don't either. <laughs> sounds like a good one though. 
<laughs> we we don't. Our goal is not to really rip. Like we want to be fair. We really want to read comic books we like. So our job. We don't really want to just destroy people's comic books. Right. But if a comic book's really terrible, we're gonna rip into it. But if it's, but we want to enjoy. We actually like. That's why I prefer reading the Valiant stuff, just because I actually enjoy reading Valiant. And the comedy doesn't come necessarily from um, tearing it apart, as it does just like from different things you find. So did you guys start out as comic book fans then, and then just go into doing this? Or I am a comic book fan. I don't. I just re- I recruited some comic fans and some not so much comic book fans. I cast mainly for funny above comic book fans. Okay. So I always um, if, if somebody can do voices and those things, that's, that's more important. And somebody who comes to play too. So it's, I mean, if somebody's there and they don't and they are if they have a hatred for comic books, I'm probably not going to have them there. But if somebody's <laughs> like, yeah, sure, I don't know, game to have fun. Okay. Yeah, it's a fun group you have. Thanks. Yeah, how, good did crew. You, how did you? Uh, how did you get the crew together? I know you, you've uh, you've had some people change a few times and uh, since the beginning of the show. You get, we try to. Ro- I try to build a rotating cast. We have some people who are there all the time, like Erin Gabbard's our girl. Um, she's almost there almost every time. Um, but I, uh, most of them come from, we were part of the same improv company, Monkey Butler, which no longer yeah. exists. That's why I recruited a lot of them. And some I know through my stand-up days, and, um, and I'm always got my ear open for other funny people to get involved in the show. When I go to improv shows, I'm like, that person would be great. Oh, that person would be great. But there's so many great people in LA that I'm always, there's so many people and not enough uh, spaces for the people. And I want to get more women on the show. It's just, unfortunately, especially when we're reading old stuff, there's just nothing, there's just not that, to recently, newer comics, there's just not a whole lot for girls to do in comics. Yeah. Yeah. I guess you don't really realize that until you actually try to read them. Yeah, with uh, different the different voices having to having to do the different voices like that. So I checked out. Comics will have that one token female, but not a whole lot of going on. Yeah. So I saw you had like over 300 episodes, 317 or or so. Uh, seasons. So we don't have that many episodes. We um okay. So like I'll cut it up into seasons. And I go okay when we start a brand new theme on something that like when we switch to Comet Blitz, I was like okay let's start a new season because it's definitely okay. a transition from the Marvel stuff to something new. So when we transition to something new, I'll start a new season. I'll probably start a new season in the new year too. Maybe pick something new to do. And then occasionally I've seen you've done um, shorter episodes where you just talk about the book that you just read. Yes, those are tie-in episodes, and that's basically just filler, so we have something to put out every week. We get together and record three at once, because it's hard to get people together, and so we yeah. knock out three at once, full two-length episodes and one little 15-minute, and that's just so we have something to put out every week, <laughs> or try to put something out every week. So do you guys all do it in the same room, or are you on, like, uh, Skype or something like this, or...? We do it in the same room because we read off the screen, which okay. uh, so I don't know how. I've thought about how to do it through Skype with getting people from elsewhere. I just don't, not sure how that would work. Because I kind of direct as we're reading it to. I point at people and, you know, when there's like, when I try assigning characters, I, somebody's not sure I just go point. So it's, I'm not quite sure how that would work. We would figure it out. Yeah. We haven't done that yet. And I guess with improv, it probably is a lot of playing off each other and seeing each other as well. So that would make it kind of difficult. I think it's the chemistry in the room adds a lot. Okay. They crack each other up. Yeah, what's that's been part one, of the fun. What's been the one book that you guys just so far have absolutely enjoyed doing? It was Hero Cats, right? <laughs> no, Hero Cats is not a highlight. Probably <laughs> <laughs> good. Um, that's a great question. Um, I think I enjoy every caster has a different opinion. I know that. Like, I enjoy reading the Valiant stuff because I enjoy this. For me, what's fun is you get people in the room and we're reading together and we're discovering what happens together. So with the newer Valiant stuff, that's fun to do. So I really enjoyed the Harbinger stuff because there were a lot of surprises in that. And, um, yeah, it's a, gr- it's, 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 it's a like, great oh, book. Oh, this is how we actually get excited together. And it's like, oh, that's what's fun for me. Like the old Daredevil stuff is a lot of fun or old Marvel stuff is a lot of fun just because it's dated and it's ridiculous and it's easy yeah. to make fun. Of. Yeah. <laughs> so it's different. Uh, it's different types of fun, I guess. So you guys would go into the comics cold, then you don't read them beforehand, and then do it. So you have no idea what's going on until you start reading. That's I encourage the people not to read beforehand. Although some okay. people like Aaron likes to read ahead to get voices to come up with the voices for different characters. But I try to tell people not to write jokes beforehand. I think it keeps us improvers, provisors. It keeps us fresh. 
And I think if we wrote the jokes out, because I noticed like on like Mystery Science Theater, like you, they never laugh at each other's jokes. And I think that right. adds, I think that adds a, um, a level of excitement and fun when people don't hear the jokes ahead of time and or, or think of them. You know, it keeps it's a different type of energy. Yeah, it feels like you're you're la- the audience is laughing along with you. Yeah, I think so. I think if we're having fun. If we have, I think that you know, if the audience is have is having twenty percent of the fun that we're having, then this is success because we're having a blast. But I think to keep that fun up, I think right. I thought about writing the jokes out ahead of time. But I just I think it would take a lot of energy out of the room. Yeah, I agree. So are you just reading the script, or you have the actual comic pages like up on the on the screen? We Chromecast it, or or have a laptop atti- attached to a screen, and we okay. read off a screen. Sometimes some people with bad eyesight they look on their phones while we're doing it, but it's all it, there's no paper or or anything scripted that or written out. It's all looking at the screen, and so and we definitely don't um go tr- grace in terms of trying to get word for word. It's like just you know we mess up all the time, and that's not <laughs> that's part of the fun. <laughs> yeah. So do you, do you take listener suggestions for books or do you get a lot of suggestions? Yeah, so we've had a lot of indies reach out to us. And right now, since our deal with Comic Blitz, we haven't done any recent straight up independence outside of Comic Blitz. Um, and those are a lot of fun to do. Um, and I feel bad. I feel horrible for people who said that that's their comic book and we make fun of it. But our reaction from them <laughs> has been pretty good. They've all been, oh, it's great. It's fun. So I'd like to do more of that at some point. I'm trying to get figured out. Um, I want to shoot a web series in, in the new year and I haven't decided whether we're going to go the um, Marvel route or the independent route because there's you no know, legal issues with reading other people's content, but we seem not to really care and not worried until we get a cease and desist. So have you had any creators come after you or get mad at you for making not fun yet. of their books? <laughs> not saying. yet. I don't think we get too nasty. Hero Catch was an exception. Usually, we're, I think we're having, I think I think it's more of we're having fun with instead of making fun of. And I think that's the tone I shoot for more than just being, you know, my goal is not to destroy somebody's work. So on the opposite end, then, have you made some friends of any of the creators or... Um, not through comic blitz. I just being in LA, I, I know Jim Kruger from. We used to go to the same church, and so I know some other like, random people that I meet in comic book stores that you don't know. But nothing. Um, not through the show yet. But I do hope that my, or my goal to monetize it is to take it to comic book conventions and colleges and other places like that. Because I think that's where. Do as you guys it. know the money you make from advertising through podcasting, webcasting is pennies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I like. I think the the goal is I think if we take make it a live show, which I think. Will work as a live show. I think that is where we'll actually make a good bit of, you know, make some decent scratch, I think. Yeah, I could definitely see it as a live show. Yeah, I love uh, improv shows like Who's Lying and stuff like that. I think they're, they're a blast. And it takes a lot of uh, talent to be able to work off of that kind of uh, spontaneity like that. Yeah. yeah. And that think- just comes training from most of the people in the show have years of improv training. Well, if you do pursue the Marvel route, I'll throw into the hat Howard the Duck. Go from the 77th series. Yeah, Even I though Sadarsky's like, run is awesome. I think the old Dracula stuff, Tomb of Dracula. I just, oh, yeah. Yeah. That would yes. be awesome. There's, there's a lot of stuff in Marvel that I just like, oh, so much. And it's like all that old stuff, period. The old stuff is the more dated, the better. Because it just it gets ridiculous. You know, they don't, they weren't thinking things would be around for 50 years, that people would be reading these in 40 years. So we go back and read oh, them. Yeah. And, they, and they're like, Stan Lee would just like cranking them out. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's like, yeah. good enough. I got another one right. It's good enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it was back then, it was just fluff entertainment that they just, throughout to make some money it was crank, cranking them out and that's yeah. good and that also goes, like, um, speaks to his brilliance too you know, it's easy to make fun of that old stuff the fact that he was cranking out all these stories that still stick around oh yeah and shows his level that he, he was not trying to create something that would last forever but did mm-hmm. yeah definitely so how did you uh, get into comedy? Fell out of college, did a little too much of the drinky drinky, and then uh, <laughs> moved to Charlotte, North Carolina, and to waste more time, I started doing an open mic at Charlotte, North Carolina Comedy Zone, and ended up just falling in love with stand-up. I don't stand-up anymore because it's a pretty toxic environment, but I uh, mm. still love, I think, comedy. I think how to make me laugh. Um, improv. I loved improv. Did that. You know, t- took classes and t- even taught classes for eight-something years, so I'm always trying to find the new thing. You can't do everything, so right now the podcast is my focus and trying to figure out how to make some money doing it and taking it to the next level is my you can't is my creative outlet right now. Okay. Well, good. I hope it works for you. Mm-hmm. you do. I, I know monetizing a podcast is very difficult to do. Unless you're at Chris Hart Wick. Yeah. <laughs> and then they're just 
So oh, how'd yeah. you wind up in L.A. then? Well, when you're uh, pursuing comedy, there's really only two places to be, maybe three, but L.A., New York, and maybe Chicago mm. for training. But it really to take it to a level of um, trying to make some sort of financial success, I moved to L.A. But the t- trick is like it, it's, 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 um, it takes money to make money, and it's one of those things where to audition and all those things it takes a lot of money to mm. get headshots and blah, 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 blah. Oh, yeah. So I've never really made the hard push with that. Um, when, I, when I quit stand-up, it was um, it was time to try something new. So I'm still in L.A., though. <laughs> oh, now. So who are your uh, comedy influences? Uh, coming up. That's interesting. Yeah, thinking stand up. I mean, I'm a different. I think differently comedically now. But out back then, I was. Everybody wants to be George Carlin or Eddie Murphy or and um, um, Richard Pryor. But and, and Chris Rock back then too. But I think now I don't think that in the same way. I'm not thinking in a stand up comedic sense either anymore. I'm thinking. Um, I don't know what my influences are now. I guess my influences more now are more you know, like Mr. Science Theater kind of you no know, more silly, more fun than. I don't, I don't feel like I need to make a big social commentary. Right. Like, I want to change the world through laughter. I don't care about that anymore. I just want to. <laughs> I don't care about saying something anymore. I just care about having fun and being silly and having fun making jokes. And I care more about that than I care about. No, I don't know if I have really anything that important to say, which is, I think, another reason to get off the stand up stage. I think that's part of what makes the podcast good, though, is is you just you're not trying to do anything. You're just reading comics and enjoying them. And yeah, the only agenda we have is to have fun. Cool. So when when you came up with the idea for comics reading comics, how did you decide which book would be that first book? I mean, was it a committee we decision probably, or? Um, it was. Uh, I was. We started reading Daredevil for the sake of like you know blind people have never got a chance to enjoy Daredevil, so we were like you know what let's I just ran and it was kind of a random pick too um and i thought at the time daredevil was coming out on netflix so like it was um relevant at that moment so i was like okay let's read daredevil now if we go back to the marvel stuff i'd probably do the avengers same reason for relevance but also the variety of characters um and i'm sure the early avenger stuff is pretty bananas too yeah <laughs> i think fantastic four will probably make a better show but i think people don't people just don't care about fantastic four as much as the Avengers. Yeah, so when you get now. In, so when you get into those big ensembles like the Avengers and stuff like that, is it hard figuring out who's going to do what voice set and, and things like that? If got, Since I think you've only got like four at a time that you guys are in the room. We have five in the room, so I think anytime, we have I think enough for any ensembles. It gets chaotic when there's, especially those old comics, they'll have like six car- people on the panel, and it gets a little chaotic at that point. But we've gotten to a rhythm where people, I, I used to direct a lot where I pointed people to speak. Now people just jump in, and I don't do a whole lot of directing. If it's something like the Avengers, I'd probably go in the front of, in the beginning of the episode or before the, we, we air um, recorded. I would assign like the Hulk to somebody, Thor to somebody, so we know that. But in terms of, like the cop on the street or you know all that stuff, that people just jump in and start yelling, and you know tends to work out. <laughs> Now, do you offer it up on a YouTube channel as well so people can see what's going on? Or um, I've considered it. I think not yet. I don't know. We're gonna uh, if I'm, I'm going to shoot a web series, but I'm going to try to figure out a way to show the panels. So it'll, it'll be it'll be edited and intercut. Um, there's another guy on YouTube that kind of does what we're doing, but without the jokes, called the Comic Historian, and he's using and he's using the actual panels. He's not, he does a little bit of legalese in the beginning. So I was like, ah, oh, he's getting away with it. Mm-hmm. So we may just go for it until. We get a cease and desist and see what happens. But I think if we, uh, you know, if we um, are careful, I think maybe we can do something. Yeah, probably. I think you might have uh, an easier time with like the independence than the big two. But and the problem with independence, I'll, I, I would be just as happy to read the independence. But I think it's just you're just not gonna get the level of interest. Yeah, not as recognizable. And maybe a thing I just ride on Marvel's coattails for a few months and then jump off and then start doing independence once you build a brand. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. So when you guys are in the room, does anybody have like a favorite type of character? Um, you obviously have the female doing the female voices and stuff like that. Or does anybody like jump in on like certain archetypes or types of characters? We definitely have um, our guy, John Huck, who does a lot of the gruff characters. Um, the tough guy voices that would be John. Um, Gabe tends to do the everyman or the heroic um, and the Superman type characters, the Captain America type characters. Um, and then we got Steve who likes to do, see where he can put in um, different celebrity voices where he can. Um, and he does like, you know, somehow the cops are always Irish. That's just one, you know, that's always um, <laughs> well, sure, that makes sense. Irish. Yeah, going back to the Batman 66 show with uh, Chief O'Hara. Yeah. yeah, so there's always a lot, there's a lot of, everybody sounds like um, the Chief from Batman 66 a lot. Yeah. <laughs> 
And that's a funny thing because, like, um, uh, we we've had we're not all white people. We have an occasional ethnic person in the in the show, and and Gabe is is a Latino. But um, but when we're reading like if it's an Asian character, it gets uncomfortable because it's like if somebody's like like he's from Japan, so Steve's a white guy doing an uh, Asian voice accent. And it's like, but then we've had Italian characters on the show, and we'll go nuts with the Italian accent, and then we we'll why is this feel racist, but this doesn't. <laughs> it's so, funny how that works out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you guys have like props and stuff in the room when you guys are doing it no. to get no? No. Um except coffee. This coffee's <laughs> a prop. Yeah. Because <laughs> coffee is legal. Yeah. <laughs> um do you go for sound to add sound effects into the into the broadcast or I mean is that something you would do in post or do you try and do something local or uh, I, we've I, thought about that and decided um, not to we do we, like the pals and the pals and the the onomatopoeias we do them just with our voices um, I think that would lit, would kind of make it sound too much like an audiobook that's just not really what we're going for and I think we have to, if we had too many sounds it would be a distraction from the jokes mm-hmm. um, and also we would have to pay somebody to do all that. Like, I'm not interested in spending the hour doing it. And our sound guy, he's great, but he's not going to sit there for hours putting in little sound <laughs> clips here and there. So that would take a lot of work. Yeah. I, I just don't think it's, it's worth it. Have you guys ever thought of uh, doing a musical uh, reading to one of the comics? <laughs> no. I would not be opposed to it, though. Because I have, uh, some of our people and some of the people who come through are musical improvisers. So that's a very interesting uh, quest, uh, idea. I got to think about it. I, I wouldn't even know what that would be or how that would look. Yeah, we'll, I don't either. We'll, we'll put you in touch with Jules. She can help you out with that. <laughs> yeah. She's our uh, musical expert. I would she, totally be up for it. I just don't. I, I would have to. You'd have to find the, the perfect comic book. It would have to make sense for the comic book. Uh, and I think it would have to be. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. It'd yeah. be a long episode. Though. Yeah, it might. Yeah. Well, I know for me, coming from a, a theatrical background, um, doing both musical and regular dramas, it, it I, I find it a little cringeworthy at times when shows feel they have to do that musical episode just for the sake of oh our cast has done it before we got to show them off yeah yeah i love the buffy episode and that's the people who started it but now it's kind of a token thing now and yeah, that's what it feels like. buffy didn't do it for that reason the buffy didn't have people, singers on the show they're like hey we've got broadway people we gotta do a musical episode they weren't that at all right um but i think now it's the thing i can't think of another musical episode that i really loved other than the buffy episode <laughs> buffy's about it i mean when, when they tried it with agent carter it's like okay this is a stretch <laughs> and yeah, as, I've, as I've stated before I do not like musicals <laughs> and, and of course they're talking about it with Supergirl and Flash and it's like uh, no yeah. they are talking about that right yeah is there a, is there a, a DC villain for that for that, for that would, would make sense um, um, there was one that I think they were going to use possibly. I can't remember I can't remember who it was I can't think of it yeah I can't think of it being anything but a train wreck <laughs> yeah yeah, it, it'll be a train wreck no matter what, because I, I feel they have to do it. I, I don't want to see Arrow singing. No. <laughs> no. Nothing about Nessie's face that <laughs> even resembles I should be singing anything. Right. <laughs> I could see, like, the, the, like, Supergirl and um the Flash actors. I just feel like, you know, they came from Glee. Okay, okay, well, I get it. Right. But not, not the Arrow, dude. No. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't see that coming out good. No, no. no. I'm sure they'll... Uh, Make some money off it. Oh, I'm sure they'll have some watchers. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, I'll watch it. Th- th- there'd be that idea if, if if you were to do it on comics reading comics uh, would be taking a Buffy issue and instead of, mm. and, and, and singing every third the dialogue in every third panel. <laughs> well, I think it would have to work where because since we have musical improvisers, like they can come up with songs on the spot. So if we're going to do it, it would have to highlight their their that talent of that, and it wouldn't take a few places in the in the issue to go crazy and forget what's really happening in the comic book. It'd be a completely different show than we normally do, but I think it sounds like a fun idea. Yeah, it could, it could be a special or something. Or speaking of which, so you did you did a sort of a special Halloween episode um, where I forget what book you read, an old horror book. Yeah, it was from it was on Comic Blitz, and I can't. It was. 
Jay Warner presents um, some horror, horror pulp, classic horror pulp. I think it was the name of it. Jay yeah, Warner presents like classic horror pulp. Um, that was it was great. That was a fun episode. Are you gonna do any other holiday specials, like maybe a Christmas something? Or we have in the past. We didn't do a Christmas this year um, because uh, we're taking we're taking December down, taking it off, and I'm not sure if we're gonna be able to put some episodes up because um, things are out of my hands right now for December. So we didn't record a Christmas episode this year. But I'm always looking for different holidays, different specials, to, like trying to, it's just an easy thing to promote. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and also, if you find the right comic book, that comic book was on Comic Blitz. It was the perfect for Halloween. It was an old um, re- represent, um, reprinting of old com- an old comic. Old comics are a lot of fun to rip off, you know, rip into. And it was it was a terrible comic book, but a fun, terrible comic book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Things just do not make sense logically in what was happening, but it was great. That was a fun episode. So, so no chance really crushed it on that episode yeah so no chance of hearing the larflees christmas special the, the what Christmas special larflees i don't know that it was a, a dc title that i'm trying to remember when he it was came out a while ago he came out of uh the green lantern yeah it was like a, a one-shot book of his that ended i I want to say that ended up leading to his own series uh, in 2014. Yeah, I think um, so. Never say never. You never um, I, won't, I think there's definitely chances of us getting around to it maybe next year. <laughs> there's a lot of Christmas books out there. Like Marvel has a ton. DC yeah. has a ton. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah there's a ton of uh, stuff out there that you can, they can use. Yeah, they're always pumping out Christmas stuff. So have you guys approached the... So do you approach the indie creators just to see, hey, we want to use your comic, or they come and approach you or how does that work the indies usually find me this through twitter um and that's how they've approached us um, and it's, yeah, I'd, I'd rather go that route instead of trying to, like, I, if I was really hunting for indies to do, I would probably just throw a few Twitter posts up there, go, who wants us to read their comic book? And I'm sure we'd get plenty of responses. Okay. We try to avoid, uh, cause our podcast, we want to make sure that it's something that, um, people can listen to with their kids in the car. So we don't, the problem with a lot of indies, it's like, it's like boobies and cursing. And it's like, <laughs> and it's, um, I'm not really interested in reading those books. I mean, God bless you if that's what you're, you know, you want to create, but I just, I look for stuff that's, um. It doesn't have to be crystal clean, but, you know, something that's not going to, you know. Family friendly. Yeah, it's not too offensive. Oh, we can relate to that. (laughs) (laughs) We we might hit heavy with innuendos, but we try and keep it family friendly. But, you know, broaden your audience. I think, you know, you know, limit yourself yeah. if you're, you know, that's one thing I do appreciate about your show and so many comic book podcasts. Um, it's, it's F-bomb, 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 F-bomb. And it's like, I want to listen to a comic book podcast or a nerd cast that's not just, we're funny because we're cursing. Right. I, I had a previous host who claimed that when we were hooked up with or partnered up with Bleeding Cool, which gave us a definite increase in our numbers, it was around the time we tried the experiment of a lot of being more explicit on the show and he replied back well no our numbers are going up because we're you you've let loose and allowed us to swear on the show and i'm like i've never heard anyone say yeah i liked your show but (laughs) when you really started swearing that put that threw me over the top and and i was sold on your show no there's never uh, no one's gonna tune out because there's not enough cursing there will be people who tune out because there is too much yeah and like the people who are people who 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 like to curse and love cursing they're gonna uh they're gonna like it if it's funny and whether it's cursing or not you know Mm -hmm. or if it's informative or whatever your you know the vibe is if it's if they're but it's not gonna be anything to do with them yeah and so how you approach your comedy as well when you were doing stand up I always yeah I'm not a fan of I think a lot of that just comes from a lack of writing and a, or a lack of it's a substitution cursing is a this or shock shock comedy too is a is a way to it's a different type of laughter yeah um, right so I think there's uh there's the laughter that comes from making people uncomfortable like oh my god I can't believe you said that and that there's a laughter that's funny and to out to get that laughter of oh my gosh I can't believe he said that you have to out shock or out offend the guy before you and that creates a scenario of a downward spiral of shock and offensive comedy. If you're in the stand-up clubs in LA, you see it. It's just like, it's like, like you have to take a shower when you go home. But it's because people are trying to get that shock laughter that comes right. from a different places, I think, in heart and the soul that from just like, or you can just be funny. I think it's easier just to be funny instead of trying to out-offend or out-shock the guy that came before you. And that's yeah. come from being being in the entertainment business myself i have found there are times where the swearing does go over the top like we talked about but there's also times where 
you know, the occasional F-bomb here or there or the occasional alternate word for crap, um, when when used appropriately, uh, helps tell the story and is kind of funny without it going over the top. I well, mean, it has its place and I think it has its place in like, especially like filmmaking and it's with um, relevance to character. I think it just... Um, yeah, I think, I think it's, it's, it's when you use it specifically for the reason of trying to get a, a, a reaction. Yeah. I think a lot more, or or just lazy. Oftentimes it's just lazy, right? But I think I think um, but yeah, there's times and places where it's and the, the f word bomb is a powerful word, but it loses all power if you use it nonstop, right? Right. And it you know, and it, so I think there is a time to use that word. I think it's few and far between. So when you do use it, you're making it's like whoa, <laughs> you know, that should be the reaction is whoa, yeah, right. It's not, but and then you listen to a podcast or a show or watching a movie, and it's just like I love Tarantino, but it's like. Like, come on, you know, but it's like if you do use words that have a, a negative power or even positive, you know, and you use them sparingly, then they have more of a, you know, they get a reaction that you're actually going for. And I think it kind of takes away from the message, too, when you know, all you're hearing is the F-bombs in between. You, you, you don't tend to take the person seriously or what they're saying, really give them any credence. Yeah, I've totally stopped me. listening to certain podcasts that I enjoy listening to because it's like it's like you guys every other is like I can't do I can't listen to this right in my car and it's just like oh it's just too much um, yeah so that's like there's um, a lot of content there's a lot of content out there where you're not having to you know no so I don't have, so have to, that's that's an important thing to remember too that there's a lot of content there's a lot of competition you want to make yourself as competitive as possible right and not give reason to people to tune out it's like over the summer I watched that movie uh, Sausage Party. Uh, that came out. I'm sorry. And uh, it was like, like the first five minutes, it was like, they're just swearing just for the sake of swearing, just to, you know, like there was no, there was no impact because it was too much. I'm like, even, I'm like, this is just, it totally lost its power. It's not funny. It's not anything. It's just swearing because we want cartoons that swear. I think the novelty of cartoon swearing is, is an old, it's not uh, a new thing. Yeah. I think ever since Conquer's Bad Fur Day, whatever that game was, I think that's the novelty. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That was that was a good that was an example of cursing used appropriately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that I think succeeded in what they they wanted it to be. So after the first of the year, what are the continued plans of comics reading comics? The main focus of the first of the year is getting a web series shot. I plan to rent out a joint and try to crank out at least four episodes, uh, maybe eight episodes, depending on how long we uh, plan on making the episodes, and then trying to get some local live shows going so I can test those out. Um, that's the beginning of the year um and then just crank out some new podcasts and then maybe maybe try to reach out to some colleges nearby and then see how that goes that's the you know need to try to figure out how to get to conventions and all that i think that's when we'll make some headway i think okay. the listenership too have you been to uh, san diego comic-con we have not been okay I need to look up because now that our show has been on the air for a certain time, we get the whole uh, press deal to get in. Oh, yeah. Have, have you guys gone on to the press deal? Yep. I've, I live in Detroit, so I've been to the Motor City Comic Con here uh, with the press uh, pass for Weeby Geeks. Yeah, I, I need to, uh, yeah, I need to. About that. I've been lazy about checking out what the whole, whole rules about that are. But at the same time, like, I think as a performer, I definitely want to go. I don't know what the benefit too much would be, except for just for fun yeah. to go. I mean, I don't know. Like we, like we wouldn't do a show from there if we weren't part of it. Yeah, it's too much to find. But you can get the word out about your show. Yeah, yeah. I'm well, talking to somebody about like, the handing out flyers and things of that nature, and so much of that just you're inundated with information there, and that you're just you know yeah. spending spending the money on flyers. Is like so. I was like, don't even waste your time. Uh, yeah, that's a lot true, of times yeah. people pick them up, or you'll see some people grab. You know, if it's a, a rival show or just another podcast that feels they need to be the only one, they'll grab your whole stack and go throw them away. <laughs> yeah, I, I, have, yeah, I, I have seen that done. That's pretty wow. terrible. Yeah, how'd you do that? We're all in it together. The more people listen to the nerd podcast, the more people will listen to nerd podcast, period. All right. I, I agree. That, that's why we tout we're the official voice of the geek revolution and how the, the geek revolution is growing. Because it is the geeks of one. We have. Yeah, and it's a good thing. Now we can get the rest of the world to listening to the show that you guys in, uh, intimidated me a little bit about coming on the show because you guys <laughs> are knowledgeable about just about all everything nerdy. And I don't, didn't know if I was going to be able to keep up with. Um, like, oh, I wonder what they're going to talk about. I need to do some research. <laughs> well, thanks for the compliment, but. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure which show you're listening to, but. <laughs> but uh, since you're our guest, we try to put the focus on you yeah. and, uh, and your show. So you don't have to worry about it. Appreciate it. 
Um, I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> so keep up with uh, any uh, improv shows or anything um, on TV or yeah. live? Oh, on TV. Not really. Um, yeah, on this Whose Lions fun, but I never watch it. Um, um, because mainly because there's two types of like improv that the TV, the improv you see on TV is short form, and I'm not a huge short form fan. Um, which is like just the little sketches, real quick sketches. What I am a big fan of is long form improv, which is you know a 30 minute play, 30 minute to an hour long play that's done improvised. That wow. um, and that's what's fun. That's what's really and most improvisers when you, when you go to a LA uh, improviser town, LA, New York, or Chicago, you're gonna see you go to an improv show, you're to see a long form show. There's just not that many people interested in short form. You get out of the country, I mean, out of, I mean, out of the cities, you go to the local improv spots. They're just learning. It's now taken over, but long form hasn't made its way into the heartland yet. But you see mostly short form, but. Long forms where it's at. It's gonna be tough having to make things up for for an hour. It sounds like cool, a basic. Hour, do you just start yeah, with like a basic idea? Or how does that? Yeah. Um. You have a. You have a. Yeah, you're given a suggestion from the audience, and you have there are rules for. There's several forms in long form. Um. And you follow the the outline of the form, and then you um. It, it, if you have a good team and you're well trained, it's um. It's just fun. It's for me. It's like I don't. I never get nervous before an improv show. I used to get terrified before every stand up show. And I think and one of the reasons is is I'm up there with other people. Like if a scene's not going well, somebody's going to tag me out and I'm, I'm, I'm going to be saved. Stand up. It's all you, good or bad. Yeah. But improv is like, oh, I'm just go up here and make funny voices and run around for a little bit. Who cares? <laughs> I would think improv would be more fun, too. I think improv's more fun. So I think so stand up's a great art form. But yeah. what's great about it is that you own it. You create it. You craft it. You're, you're creating something that's well-crafted and well-written, and that's the goal. Right. But it's, and it's all you. You you know, your successes and your affairs are your own. Improv is more play. It's more silly. It's more fun. You're, it's more of a, a team. There's, there's It's a great art form as well. But it, for me, it's – I, I – yeah, I definitely have gotten to a place. And just, I think it's healthier too because you're. It's more focuses on community other than yourself. That's how I, I was going to say. Improv is. I think everybody should take improv because it's mm-hmm. good life training. It is. You learn how just to play in life. I can see that. Well, even in uh, they suggested for even for business people to be able to make to presentations and speeches in front of in front of people to take an improv class definitely helps with even with that in the business world. So yeah, they have a ton of different applications. I think, I think it's fantastic for business people. Any, if you have a public speak for any for any reason, and it's also what's interesting, like I have had so I have several friends who have Aspergers in, in, in the improv world, and it, it they are fantastic improvisers. I don't know why, but they're f- quick on their feet. And I think one of my friends in particular has uh, really came out of his shell, like before he started on improv, uh, it, it completely transformed his life from someone who was really socially awkward and still is socially awkward, but kind of owns it more and kind of like I'm a big weirdo. Who cares? <laughs> and I think improv kind of gave him the tools of I don't. Care care anymore. Oh, that's and, awesome. And he, I think that, and now he's going great. But I think, but also, it also gave him something he was good at, naturally good at. And I think, um, I, if I had, if I knew, would never meet somebody and they have a child or they themselves have Asperger's, I go, have you ever taken improv or have you ever always recommended? Because I think I've seen more than one example, like several people who have Asperger's do improv and it's always been really great for them. Wow, okay. Awesome. Well, I, I remember cool. taking uh, in college an acting class because they wanted the technician to to know what the actors go through and, and a bunch of us were like uh, we do understand that's why we're on this side of this of everything <laughs> not that side because unlike most of the actors here we're not idiots yeah. not saying not saying you guys are you know comedians are because no, comedians we're, we're are brilliant no no y'all are brilliant uh, especially since having to work the crowd and everything um, but part a couple of the classes were improv classes where we had to go up and do improvisational stuff and for me I did a lot better with that than the actual script writing I do too I do a lot better with um, I've taken other acting classes and like when I meet an actor somebody who's like I do Shakespeare blah 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 I mean, that intimidates the hell out of me <laughs> because I think, I think there's a big difference between for me from my perspective being an improv actor there's a big difference between being funny angry, like Will Ferrell funny angry, and, or Will Ferrell funny crying, that's easy. But to be authentic and genuine about being 
authentic anger, authentic crying, get into that those spaces. I don't know how to do that. I know how to be silly and goofy and act, make funny voices and act and be funny angry. But that um, but so there's a different. It's completely definitely a different skill sets. Yeah, yeah, I can I can see that being really hard. So you talked earlier about um, trying to find more comics with more roles for women and stuff. Um, I know Valiant has a, a new book that just came out with called Faith. Have you thought about checking yeah. that one out? Or yeah, I definitely am looking forward to getting into the newer uh, Valiant stuff. I guess we're just also fo- following the the timeline of Valiant too. So we're trying to you know reading right, the right. XO, then we read some Harbinger, then we read some Bloodshot, and then back to XO, then then Jack, whatever the I found some timeline on the interwebs about. You know, so I'll just do that. So eventually we'll get more of the you know faith and it's more of the more female centric um, comic book stuff. But you know that's it's interesting to me how like uh, the majority of comic book readers now are female, which is fantastic. Yeah, and it's reflected on the show. That's really great. On the show. Yeah. So I think I I should, it should reflect it. I need to reflect it in my show more. The problem is, if we read old comics, it's not reflected. So it's right. tricky. <laughs> yeah. I know, like, even when I go to my local comic book store, half the staff are women. Yeah, I took years off of comic books because they got expensive. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they sure did. When I came back right. with, with the trade paperbacks, I walked in going, like, it's a different world. Like, I was born <clears> too early. Back when, in high school, you did not talk about comic books. You were like, yep. you know, that was Loserville. Yeah. But now, yeah. it's like, yeah, you go into comic book stores, like, where were they? cute girls when I was in high school in the comic book <laughs> sweaty dude in the comic store when I was growing up and now oh, there's yeah. like and I think it's you know and it's, it's reflected on the shelves and there's and actually some of my favorite comic books that, that are coming out now are female centric like that A-Force and I love Squirrel Girl and oh yeah <laughs> that, that's one of Mike's favorite yeah I think Squirrel Girl's fantastic yes I think Miss Marvel is yes. a great comic yeah I'm a Marvel like, guy uh, so I read mostly Marvel stuff and then I buy the occasional indies on, off the shelf just to see what else is going on oh you, you need Need to listen to Mighty Marvel Geeks then. I'll, I'll check it out. I'll Marvel all the time. That's Mike's Marvel podcast. Yeah, Mighty Marvel Geeks. Mighty Marvel Geeks. Check it out. Yeah, I'm definitely like um hardcore Marvel, even DC stuff. I've always had a hard time, you know, um, getting too much yeah. into it. I love Batman. The Batman Gotham world is always great, but um, there's yeah, Marvel I'm more, keeps I'm more Marvel too. I, I grew well, up Marvel more. Doing now, it's all good stuff. Yeah, yeah. I grew up more DC than I did Marvel. Um, but the more and more I keep talking about things in the past from Marvel, I'm like, wait, I did read quite a bit of Marvel. <laughs> Just never realized it. You know, putting the association that okay, I, maybe I read more than I thought I did. Marvel's killing it in, in all arenas. Um, actually, I think right now DC's killing it a little bit more. One with the price drop, and two the whole rebirth revamp because Mar- Marvel's putting out titles like crazy that they are. don't need to really don't need to be put out. I love that crazy stuff though. Mm-hmm. Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. The more crazy, the more yeah. I'm intrigued. It may not be selling. But in, in terms of that right. might be good for your show. Well, see, yeah. I'm I'm right there with Gwenpool. I love Gwenpool, and, and I, I'm sorry to see Howard, you know, Sadarsky's Howard the Duck go, and you know, see Nightmask go, and some of the others. But you know, when they're being replaced by Hercules or Hyperion or yeah. you know, other they're throwing a lot of the walls to see what sticks. Yeah, and a lot yeah. of that is uh, is um, let's create stuff for potential movies down the road too. Or uh, yeah. you can tell we'll see a lot of. That. What might make a good movie or TV show in five years? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or else the movie world affecting the uh, comic world, like uh, the destruction of the Fantastic Four, just so Sony can't use them anymore. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Fox already destroyed them. So. Fox, that's right. It was yeah, that's not fun, what's happening with that, but... I'm still. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff out there. Yeah, there's still there's still some really great Marvel books out there. So, what outside of comics and and comedy captures your heart as a, a geek or a nerd, as, as you've stated? I'm somewhat of a gamer. Um, I'm probably not. I, I get Warcraft, um, Skyrim, any open world games. I'm all into nice. um, movies. Any any science fiction movie. Oh, is it, I love science fiction. I'm, I'm a big TV nerd. I guess TV. Probably my, number, my second biggest after comic books, but even uh-huh. now TV has gotten so much content. Oh, I know it's really, crazy. Like ten years ago, if it was if it was if it was barely science fiction, I'd be like, I'm watching it. <laughs> but now there's so much good stuff that I'm really choosy now. It's like, oh, it's good, but not good enough. Yeah. So, so what's your top three top three shows on TV? Walking Dead. Never heard of it. No kidding. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, I'm trying to think. So I, I think some shows are, are better, but um, like everybody's crazy about uh, Westworld now. I know I recognize it as being quality, but I don't get excited for it every week. I'm trying okay. to think the shows that I really get excited for. If we're, if we're, I, we're calling. If we're talking Netflix stuff, then I gotta go with Jessica Jones and Daredevil. After yeah, um, those are great. Those three. Yeah. Um, the Netflix Marvel stuff I think is fantastic, and I can't wait yeah. for Iron Fist. Oh, I know, yeah. and Defenders. And, uh. I'm nervous about Cloak and Dagger coming to Freeform. Yeah, everybody seems to be. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> So you have the lady listening. in my comment was one of the writers, and she was saying like, "Oh, he's good, he's good, it's gonna be okay." And I'm like, "Oh no, we'll see." So, so you have been listening to Mighty Marvel Geeks, <laughs> <laughs> and this show too. I think we've mentioned it a few times. Yeah, yeah. see, I, I love I love the book. I am so afraid of the series. I, I'm well, afraid it's just, it's just not a whole lot there. Yeah, I don't, and I don't think it's geared towards us. I think it's geared towards a younger audience, probably. It, so it, I have a funny feeling it's going to be a tweener show. Yeah, it's, it's going to so, be up there yeah. with switched at birth with uh, the Fosters and, and not... I don't know if Marvel will, will, like, will let that happen, though, too much. We'll see. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. With, with Cloak and Dagger, they almost set it up where they can let it happen. Now, where is that teen runaway yeah. Uh, yeah. show? Um, I'd rather see it go more along the lines of, of Stitch or was it Stitcher on Freeform? Which... I've not seen Stitcher. Uh, Stitcher's the one Stitcher where... It is. It's on Freeform it's um concept behind it is this one gal uh she's almost autistic to some extent but she's not um time there's no relevance of time in her world so two hours feels like five minutes and, and i could relate mm. to that especially when sitting in front of the computer reading it's like it, it's been two hours really <laughs> no <laughs> um but it's they find that she's the perfect candidate to what they call stitch into dead bodies. Oh, I have heard of that. And and the concept is great. And the first season was awesome. Then they started to throw some love triangles in and like, okay, now we're starting to hit that free form ABC family drama to it. Yeah. Like, let's dial that. Like, I don't like keep it, but I, dial I it back some. Cloak and dagger, cloak and dagger um, a, uh, a couple. I hate that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, I hate the idea. They never they, were. Uh, they, they, as far as I know, they never did that in the comic books, or t- unless they did it recently. Um, they, they've done that. I only remember the '80s series. Well, I think yeah. they did it in the Ultimate line. I think they were a couple in the Ultimate. I hate the version. idea of them being a couple. Yeah, I hate it. I mean, the, and on they, the uh, yeah, cartoon, right? Yeah, I think yeah. so. I know they always flirted around with the idea. I mean, even in the the old well, '80s comics. Well, it's that tension that makes it interesting. It, it, right? Will they? You know, it's not even. A, it's not even a will they, won't they? It's um, we're too messed up too yeah right? which i love that i love that we are too messed up like i can't even touch you you know you give me a hug you're gonna disappear into the nether regions you know right yeah so if they go yeah. if they do that route where it's like we're just like hey we like each other maybe but we're too messed up to even think about it because you know yeah i'm possessed by a giant darkness thing <laughs> but I, I, I give a chance i'm disappointed basically every abc tv though like the, the shield i'm not crazy about and agent carter the first season was good but the second season i thought was really kind of crappy but yeah second season i did not i i, I did not like the fact that they strayed from what they said was going to be the original concept of the show I mean, that and really- i'm not sure why yeah i'm not sure either because the original concept of the show was each season was supposed to be a different year as we move closer yeah it was perfect and it ended well there was no need to to carry on in the same year for season two and and having her move to la i don't be like we need to fix it for sometimes it happens on tv is like we're not getting the numbers we need so let's tweak tweak this and tweak that and blah blah Mm -hmm. blah yeah that's the nature of tv you don't get on uh on the netflix um they left alone to do the thing which i think right. maybe it's why it's better content yeah, yeah definitely what well, i i saw some oh what was it that i saw um they someone posted up a picture stating that with everything that is planned and everything that has come out there are 19 seasons of released and planned television series hmm. for marvel? marvel alone you got four wow. se- you got four seasons of shield Two seasons of Car- Agent Carter, uh, three seasons of Daredevil because season three is in development. Two seasons of Jessica Jones. Two seasons of Luke Cage. 
a season of Iron Fist, a season of Defender, uh, yeah, Defenders, a season of Punisher. Punisher, season of Inhumans, season of Cloak and Dagger, and season of The Runaways. Oh yeah, The Runaways. I think I say I can't, I can't get enough. Me too. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I would actually like cancel the movies, start making Netflix shows. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'd be okay all with the Marvel that. content. I'd be like, cool. Never gonna happen. But if that was, if they were yeah. something, like, <laughs> yeah, let's just make Netflix shows from now on for Marvel. I'd be like, awesome. Well, then let me pose this question, since I've been bringing it up as one of my wishes over on Mighty Marvel Geeks. How would you feel about a Netflix-run Howling Commandos TV show or a Netflix series? Love it. If you could sell me on anything Marvel or Netflix, you could sell me on um, um, Eternity Century, the villain from Spider-Woman, killed by the Scourge of the Underworld. But you make it turn oh. awesome. I mean, whatever. It's Marvel. I'll watch it. I don't care. <laughs> Howling Commandos would be – yeah, I think Howling Commandos would be great. They're talking Moon Knight now. That sure, whatever you know, whatever yeah. you got. At some point, maybe they'll turn a corner and turn turn it into Crapville. But as it is now, I'm like, come on, give me more. What, what you got? Yeah, right. Yeah, I don't. I is think they, I think they they understand what how to make good stuff, which is good. Is there, is there a Marvel show that realistically they may produce that you would say, no way, I'm not watching that? No, I can't think of anything. Mm-hmm. I want to say a Werewolf by Night. I don't know why. Ah, that'd really be cool. <laughs> I'm not really into that character that much. I just think it'd be an interesting <laughs> direction for Marvel. To, I'm disappointed with, with Ghost Rider. They kind of—I feel like they kind of wasted Ghost Rider on Shield. I thought it was all right. I thought they did a pretty good job, but not half as, as cool as it could have been on well, Netflix. Yeah, but I think also they—they they were kind of uh, that might have been a, a test run, and they might do better things with Ghost Rider. <laughs> Like the, there's there's been a rumor that they could do a Netflix show for Ghost Rider and stuff like that. So yeah, excuse yeah. me. Well, I think we talked about it too how um, he wants he would love to see it set in L.A. since New York's kind of getting a little crowded mm. and do and if it's not Ghost Rider Midnight Suns and make it West Coast. Yeah, see, because Ghost Rider is one of my favorite characters, so I still haven't seen like the definitive Ghost Rider yet. Wait, I didn't think Nicolas Cage was. Uh, <laughs> No. <laughs> I think um um which, which which iteration of Ghost Rider is your favorite? Um well uh the purest to me would say Johnny Blaze, but I always was kind of partial to the Danny Ketch run back in I the like 90s. Danny Ketch too. Yeah, I always liked that one. I, I think you have to have um Johnny Blaze in it somehow where. Yeah, you do, yeah. But I also love that era of Ghost, everything they did with uh, the, the the dark supernatural of the Marvel side. I can't remember what they called that those yeah. that imprint. With yeah, the Blade, Midnight Suns and stuff. The Midnight Suns. I love that stuff. Yeah, I, I would love oh, yeah. all that stuff on like I've had all that stuff on Netflix. I'm like, yes, yeah. That's like well, that's like the, my favorite little corner of the Marvel universe. Yeah. And yeah. I love the interesting Darkhold on Ages of Shield. But again, I feel like yeah. it's kind of cheesy, and they feel like oh Netflix could have done it better. Yeah, yeah. But I love that just that they had it. Yeah. Yeah, I was. I'm pleased. That it, it was kind of fun, but I'd like to see uh, that corner. Of the, you know, you probably gonna see a Blade show at some point. And yeah, probably. Was- yeah, that's why. Like, I was glad um, that they did the Doctor Strange movie because it, it, they weren't. You know, they were. They weren't afraid to branch out in that direction, which is good. No, yeah. I love Doctor is, Strange too. Adds more places you can go with what they're doing. Yeah. Now, what movies have been um, appeals to you in the last few years? Obviously, anything Marvel. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think outside of the so we what found we've just been talking about. So we found that one fan of Batman Heart Superman. Oh, wait, that's still DC. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I am hopeful now, though, now that it wasn't uh, Zack Snyder um, gone. Right. Yeah. Um, Josh I, think, I, I, over. I think Wonder Woman looks good, although DC can yep. cut a trailer. All the trailers look great for all the movies. Yeah, that, that's right? true, yeah. So, But I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful Wonder Woman. Yeah. I'm still excited about Wonder Woman. Um, but I think um, I'm excited about Guardians. The trailer looks great. Uh, movies that yeah. really impacted me in the last few years. So outside of Marvel stuff, I'm having a real hard time thinking of anything that was like made me. I love Birdman. Oh, yeah, that was a great yeah, movie. That was good. Um, I can't really think of another movie that where I left the theater going like, wow. Um, <laughs> Except for some Pixar stuff, whatever you know, the uh, what was that, that Disney movie that they put out with a rabbit and the uh, Zootopia? Yeah, that was great. Yeah, I just I watched that. Seen it that was one. great. It was, was really it? good. Yeah, I'll that was like a surprise. That was a great film. Yeah, and I remember the last like maybe five or six years, the movie that surprised me the most, while I walked out feeling just amazing, was the Lego Movie. Oh I wasn't yeah. Gonna go to that yeah. Movie until I read the reviews, and I was like, all right. And I went, and I was like, that was amazing. 
<laughs> I didn't see it till it came out on HBO, but I loved it. That was oh, great. You missed that with the 3D. Oh, oh, 3D was- yeah, that must have been awesome. The movie had had no right to be as good as it was. I know, right? A Lego movie should not have been that good. But it blew my sock off. Oh, that's why I'm like, it's a Lego movie. How good could it be? But it was it was really good. I'm uh, bummed that I didn't see a Doctor Strange in 3D. Everybody said that that was a way to to see it. Yeah, I want to see that in 3D. I saw it regular, but I want to see it in 3D. I may be able to. Yeah, I think it's definitely a 3D. Uh, It was a conversion, though. It wasn't filmed in 3D. So, I mean, but it's definitely worth seeing. Yeah. Um, Yeah. The movie was great. I, I, I definitely liked it. Yeah. Yeah, what's been one of your all-time favorites? Uh, like growing up as a kid, Star Wars. I'm the generation of the you know first trilogy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, we all are like too. Yep, I yep. was the generation that ended with the second trilogy and all that. Uh, you know, Indiana Jones. You know, I'm a Stranger Things kid. That that series spoke to me in terms of like you know. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that what was written for me. Yeah, like I felt like yeah. I felt like crying for 15 minutes. I was like, um, in terms of nostalgia of I want to go back and relive my childhood. Right now, oh, I know, right? Yeah, <laughs> um, so I th- I'm that generation of um, Stand by Me and oh yeah, all that good stuff. Everything they make now is crap, mostly. Go back to the '80s when everything was wonderful and perfect. It, it- is, is there a remake that's been made that you have enjoyed? <laughs> I know, a loaded question. <laughs> not that I can think of. Yeah, I'm kind of... I enjoyed Ghostbusters. I, I'm not... I didn't... But it was a disappointment at the same time. Um, yeah. I really... I, I don't mind reboots where they continue the story forward. Yeah. I really don't like remakes. No, I'm kind of... I'm really really tired of it, of the remake fad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, you know, just take, keep telling the story. And so I'm, I wish they went that route. Yeah. So sort of like... Sort of like what they've done with Jurassic World and the new Star Trek. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I that's, thought yeah, that's good. Star Trek did perfect in terms of it's a, it's a new universe. It, it didn't completely, it respected what came before at the same time. Right. Mm-hmm. Took it to a new direction. Speaking of Star Trek, though, that new series I can't wait for whenever it comes out. Will you will you pay for the to, and subscribe to the CBS app to watch it and not find it on some illegal Russian website? Uh, sure, I'll pay for it. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, wa- I really want to see it, but I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to pay for the app or not. We'll see. But good for CBS trying. Like it's like poor CBS. It's like my mom loves it, but my mom's old and that generation <laughs> getting older, and I'm not going to be around in ten years. And it's like CBS, what are you going to do? You gotta you can't just crank out stuff for old people. We <laughs> can right now because they're killing it for old people. But um, that's what I mean. That's why they made Supergirl, and it just didn't do well for them. Right? Uh, it wasn't CSI or. Uh anything like that or NCIS you talking about my mom or her generation they watch everything on, on CBS like NCIS Scorpion uh, what you know they can't get enough but you talk to anybody under 40 or it's like they've never watched any of that right yeah and, and will not watch it so like, I don't I can't even think of anything on CBS I watch no natural Supergirl left yeah uh, what do you guys think of uh, Big Bang Theory I like it but I, I even though I prefer the word geek over the word nerd, I don't get into the, the hatred that a lot of people are going, oh, they're being disgraceful to nerd. I'm like, well, no, because there, there, if there you're are getting, really people like that. If you're yes. getting that offended about the show and how the show is portraying that particular group, then it must be hitting way too close to home and you're a part of that group. <laughs> <laughs> I like Big Bang, but I'm start. I think I'm starting to burn out on it a little. Yeah, I never got. I don't like that form of comedy, but I think I read the, the, the review of it or an article talked about how it's not written for nerds. It's written about nerds, and I think that's a good. Oh, that's yeah. why I don't like. It's like I always feel <laughs> the show. Always feel it was like a show I should like, but I don't. And I'm like, I don't. I'm not going to watch that. And I felt guilty <laughs> as a nerd going. I should. I should be watching this, right? right. And there's like, oh no, I, I, should, I don't. Okay, now I don't feel guilty about not not wanting to watch it. I never hated it. I don't. I hate. I, I, oh, it was making fun of me. It was never that. It just yeah. wasn't. No. Well, I, yeah, it wasn't must watch had, TV for me either. I had some people tell me that I wasn't a true nerd or geek because I wasn't watching How I Met Your Mother. And I'm like, what? I, yeah, that's, I like Neil Patrick I never, Harris. I like half the cast. show just did nothing for me. Yeah, I, I tried to get into it because I had a roommate who really loved it, and I watched like two seasons. And for that type of show, for four-camera show, it's great. But I, I haven't been able to watch a four-camera show since Seinfeld, though. Yeah. In terms of like, and not really like... I just don't like that type of comedy. Don't tell me when to laugh. I'll choose when to laugh. Right. 
right? See, yeah. To, see, to me, watching Seinfeld was about as painful as walking into Walmart and seeing delicious for Hanukkah boneless smoked ham. <laughs> I, I, now don't get me wrong. Being Jewish, I love Hanukkah. I love. Being a reformed Jew, I love ham. I just <laughs> <laughs> the advertising doesn't go, and I, I, I just wasn't big on Seinfeld. It, it's, oh, I, I mean, I love I dry comedy because I love British comedy, but Seinfeld, I don't know. Maybe it was the timber of his voice that drove me nuts. <laughs> not everything's for everybody. Yeah, yeah. and I, I gotta say, once again, I haven't watched it since. So oh, I um, still watch Seinfeld. I love that show. Yeah, but but that that's the that's the joy though of of the. Game world or the nerd world is there's so much out there you right if you were a fan of everything you would be sheldon <laughs> right I like you don't have to be a fan of everything so that, i think that's one of my problems is i do feel like there's so much stuff i'm missing out on i'm the guy who feels like um i have to binge watch this even if it's meteorically good because i feel like if i don't i miss out yeah yeah I like I, I watch the west world everybody's loving it i'll enjoy it but i'm not loving it but it's I'm, not something but i feel like i do have to watch it because it's i like it, i'm way behind on it so i i will continue with it I mean, I'm only two episodes in, and I, I'm loving the fact how they have taken the original book and the original movie concept and expanded it, and have taken it like five levels deeper. No, the door is great writing. It's, yeah, it, it's it's brilliant. I mean, everything is brilliant. But it's it's not one of those that you know. If they said, "Oh, by the way, we're not doing season two; it's canceled." I would. I couldn't care less. I'm not going to miss it. I mean, and and, and I'm just saying. Reason, and just thinking about it now, I think the reason is there's no characters on there that I'm rooting for. Mm. In the same way with Man in the High Castle, I really wanted to like that show. I've never and seen I was like, that. One. I don't care anything about these characters, and that's no matter what, how cool or futuristic or whatever the concept is. If you don't have characters that you're rooting for that you identify with and like. And it's hard for me to care. Right? Yeah. Now, probably to the dismay of my my co-host here, I almost feel the same way about Game of Thrones. <laughs> if they said we're just thinking Game of Thrones, but Tyrion Lannister keeps me—that's what keeps me coming back. Yeah, I love him. He's awesome. <laughs> I mean, uh, Tyrion Lannister. I'm not really rooting for. Any, well, I guess a lot of people root for Jon Snow, but yeah. I, get, I think the reason I—and um, I love the books, but the, mm-hmm. the TV show is just like something of that level of complexity. It's hard for me to. I yeah, translate here that much about a TV show that's not skipping over large swaths of what's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully they'll get that. Uh, he'll get his next book out so they can actually have uh, something to go off for the show because they're uh, definitely off the books now. Yeah. Well, there's only two seasons left of the show, so yeah, that's true. And only I think 15 total episodes. I think one's going to be eight, and one's going to be like seven. Yeah, yeah. So. They're ruining it for everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I can't believe he would be spoiling his own books. I don't know if it's if he's giving them notes from his books or what they're what they're going off of. Well, allegedly I mean, he's given them like an outline or something of huh. where he's like going. An, yeah, yeah, of where he's going with it. Mm. Oh, yeah, it's got to be a hard. Yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna be hard for him to be, but he's getting paid. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 Hey, take my story. Who cares? You're paying me. <laughs> yeah, really. This is true. So, where can people find you on the internet? At www.comicsreadingcomics.com is the podcast. Me, you can follow me at Twitter at CRC Podcast, um, and we're on Facebook. Our fan page, which I never do a whole lot with, I forget about it. <laughs> and I'm on Instagram, uh, Comics Reading Comics Podcast, and I really you see, you guys see the same stuff on Twitter that you will on Instagram, um, and it's really just mostly blatant promotions of the podcast. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. No, there's not. Um, Brett, Derek, any final thoughts? Um, no, it was, uh, for me, it was great having you on. It was a yeah, great conversation. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it was fun. You really, you didn't have to worry about fitting in because you fit in just fine. Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Well, I've, I've I'm earned the merit badge. I'm going <laughs> to give a brief update. I'm hoping to get the contest started for our 200th episode this week. I know I've been saying that. It's on my list to get done this week. Uh, we have a pair of CAD Audio MH510 session headphones we're giving away, about $100 value. Uh, a USB Zoe microphone from CAD Audio as well, about $100 value. Um, I don't even know where to begin to put the price on it, but page 13 from the Pirates of Dark Water original page artwork from Bruce Zick. Oh, wow. Wow. Um, 
a $25 box that will guarantee you at least $40 in value from Comic Bento. And then just came in yesterday from friend of the show, Joe Caramagna, Star Wars Trade Paperback, Rebel Gel, uh, which has issues 15 through 19 collected together with his autograph. Nice. Awesome. Nice. Uh, Vader Down number one with his autograph. Oh, cool. Yeah, Vader Down's great. That was a good story. Oh, yeah, yeah it was. It was yeah, awesome. It was our Weeby for best miniseries last year. Oh, yeah, that's right. Well, we, we could have given Vader number one its own one shot since there was only the one issue and everything else was crossover. Yeah. yeah the new Star, all the new Star Wars stuff at Marvel is pretty great. Oh, yes. Yeah. They are killing um, it. Darth Vader annual autographed by nice. Joe. And the I- final. In the final book autographed by Joe, uh, trade paperback, Star Wars Darth Vader, The Shoe Torn War, which collects issues 16 through 19 and annual number one. Awesome. Man, how do I get in on this deal? <laughs> I know, <right? laughs> You'll have to quit the show. Uh, <laughs> man. You can quit for a week, Nick. That's right. <laughs> So that's all been added to the to the coffers. Um, I think, and we got some stuff coming from Dark Horse. Uh, I have to double check, but we might also be getting some stuff from Valiant, um, which Valiant has was good to us last year for 150th episode. They they sent us a couple nice books. Oh yeah. So Valiant, uh, yeah, you know, like you, Matt. I, I've always been, I've always loved the Valiant Valiant stuff. Um, I'm a I love Exo Manowar. I love um, Archer and Armstrong. I love I love uh, Valiant's tight annuity. Yeah, I, I love um, oh. Archer and uh, Quantum and Woody as well. The, those have been my favorites. So, and I've loved the Harbinger Wars crossover stuff. Yeah, that's that's been great. So, well, on that note, uh, thank you, Matt, for for coming on. You're always welcome back. And uh, I'd love to. Might have to bring you back for a roundtable mm-hmm. when, when we do what a roundtable round table again. Uh, when there's just a bunch of us get together and we discuss, oh, like maybe the the happenings of San Diego Comic Con or maybe Force Awaken. Well, not Force Awaken, Rogue One. <laughs> as I get my movies right, or you know, if, if something major happens in, in the geek world, that, that's. A, a good discussion, you know, maybe at the end discussing the the CW DC universe. Now, I'm up for anything. Awesome. So, well, you know, uh, I might need some do some research beforehand, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll let you know, we'll we'll let you know what the re- the roundtable is before we get to that point. So we're we're not going to just spring it on you. Thanks for having me on. Oh, Thanks it's our pleasure. Me. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to hearing some more uh, episodes of the podcast. Yes, yes. Hey. I I like Netflix. I'm going to have to start binge listening uh, <laughs> to definitely get caught up. So, well, on that note, want to know more? <laughs> So, um, the bad crowd you've been hanging out with is a science fiction club? This has been a Weeby Geeks production.